Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, This week, I'm super excited um, to chat with this guest because we have a lot in common. Um, His name is Yaku Vinnings, and hopefully I said that right, and he is the founder of Grape Unknown. So thank you for joining me. Hello, Nicole. Yeah, you said it perfectly. That's perfect. Okay, you said it okay. very well. <laughs> yeah. So some people get it wrong. I'm from South Africa, you know, so it's got a, diff- a weird pronunciation, but no, you got it right. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah, I cannot wait to hear all about your story and how you got over here. But before we dive into that, um, what are you drinking today? You got your champagne and everything. What are your thoughts? Gonna, oh, I was going to give them a hint. I was going to give them a hint. Woo! Oh. Yay, that's like the best sound in the world. <laughs> oh my gosh, was that too loud? I'm sorry. No, so Nicole was so nice to send me a Gruyere champagne. It's a, it's a Brut Rosé, so it's a dry Rosé. Um, champ- it's not a champagne, I'm sorry. Rookie mistake. It's a sparkling wine from New Mexico. Oh. And um, yeah, champagne is only from Champagne in France. And I'm pouring it right now. So I'll, I'll see, I'll, I'll tell you what I think as I'm sipping on it. Right yeah. Now. Well, and that's, everybody should know that you're a winemaker too. So I don't know if I said that in an introduction, I just said the name of your business. So this is like a, a this is going to be good. like a legit, usually people are like, oh yeah, it's bubbly, <laughs> which is about like as good as I can describe it as well. It's like, hmm, this is dry and bubbly. <laughs> no, this is amazing. So yes, I'm a winemaker uh, from South Africa, studied a knowledge in viticulture. So that's the study of wine in the vine. And uh, I guess we'll get into that later. But the the um, yeah, I, I we own I own a winery. I co-own a winery out here in Los Angeles. And um, this is a sparkling one. Yeah, like you said, it's bubbly, of course. But it's just you know, I love. First of all, I love rosé. Just in general, I love rosé. I I did a harvest season in France, in the south of France, and those guys oh. specialize in the rosé. And, and I just made a Provence style rosé or south of France style rosé last season, and it was amazing. And I'm just so excited for this. Rosé, this Brut Rosé that you sent me, it is delicious. Yay, awesome. Yeah, like I said before we hopped on, um, yeah, I've run across this winery a few times. It was like literally right, right next to our hotel in Albuquerque. But the winemaker actually like that same trip, we stopped in Albuquerque and then we were headed to New Orleans for Christmas and like there was like the specialty wine shop and it said the owner and winemaker from, I can't pronounce the name of it because I'm just, I'm Great. not good at, yes. <laughs> yep. He was in New Orleans, like doing tastings. And we were like, oh my God, we just stopped at your winery like last week. <laughs> and isn't this amazing? That, okay, so this is the thing. And this is what the Grape Unknown is about as lo- a lot of it as well is, okay, we know Napa, we know Bordeaux, we know Burgundy, the whole spiel, amazing wine, wada, wada, wada. They make this amazing sparkling wine in New Mexico. Right? Like you wouldn't Isn't think New tr- Mexico and think like, mm, awesome wine. <laughs> New Mexico equals uh, amazing sparkling wine. No, you won't think that. But these guys, obviously, you know, they find the, the, the Brest Terroir. Obviously, they found a place where these vines are growing really and uh, producing spectacular grapes. And it's a, I think the, the owners are it's a French pair. And so they come from that history as well. So they brought their culture, their history with and implemented that obviously in New Mexico. And it's, a, it's an amazing result. It's, it's, I love it. Yay. Awesome. I'm so excited. Okay. Well, now tell us about you, like what wines you make, your business, like when you got started, what led to it, all of that, you know, good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me just first say, I've never had a podcast before where someone sent me uh, sparkling wine before. And I think this is the best idea and that I, this is, this is absolutely fabulous. Okay. Oh, I just want to get you. that out. No, of course. So I, um, the business, so I make all kinds of wines. Um, we started this winery, what I'm working at right now, the Cohen winery last season. So we're brand new in, in that is- aspect. Uh, we started small, obviously, with a very small craft winery. We did about uh, 15 tons last season, which is very small. Mm-hmm. And um, we're also, co- uh, half of it is a brewery. So essentially, my friend had, had, a, had a massive brewery that are very successful, and they had a big portion of the brewery still empty, and they wanted to add wine. However, they wanted to add wine from a winemaker. Because some people try and make wine, but they don't, don't really know what they're doing. And they obviously right. knew yeah. me. And so I bought into the business and I started this winery from scratch within there. So we bought, buy our grapes from Temecula. We buy our grapes from Malibu, 
on the Paso Robles, mm. on Santa Ana. And um, we make, I make, you know, white ones, red ones, or the I made a pet nut that I'm very proud of this past season. So a pet nut is essentially uh, a sparkling wine, but the method, the way of making a pet nut is, is older than champagne. Oh, so wow. that's how the monks made it back in the 1600s. So essentially, pet nut means petit nut naturel, which, which means natural bubbles in French. Oh. And so it's a, it's a different way of making it, but it's, a, it's just a very raw, unfiltered, usually kind of sparkling wine. And that came out very, very nicely. Oh, that's so cool. I've never even heard of that. And it's so funny that you said with the brewery and stuff. Like, so my husband and I, we had a small farm in brewery. And then we were like, let's make wine one year because I had worked at a winery for four years. So it just made me think like, oh, man, we do have like so much more in common, like breweries, wineries, all kinds of Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> but here's the thing. You guys are, you know, you've got the brewery, you want to make wine. And that's great because you've got a wine history. You've got a wine background. So that's amazing. But this is a business podcast. So let's get to the business part of this. True. I told I told the people in the in the brewery, you guys, you stay out of the winery. I don't want you to be associated with, with the winery. If someone asks you about the wines, you just say you don't know. You need to ask the winemaker because to be able to be successful in that space, you have to really make sure that you are separating the brand for its own success. You don't want to be the wine people that is made by beer people and you don't want right. to be beer made by wine people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just as, as far as brand recognition, uh, we've got our own business license, our own name, uh, obviously we're in the same space. Um, and obviously the, the plan is we're, we're already looking at properties in the Malibu area so we can move out of where we are because the, the brewery is growing so fast, it's going to take up my space soon, you know? And so right. I have to go somewhere. So that's in the plans to kind of just move out in any ways to separate us. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and so what is the name of the winery? Like, is it Grape Unknown so, or that's separate? Right? No, no. So Grape Unknown is my brand. So that's my side, uh, what, my main business is, let's say 50-50. Okay. Because both are my children. Uh, okay. But, uh, but the, the Grape Unknown is a, is a wine education uh, course system tool that people, but new wine drinkers use to kind of figure out their wine preferences without having to worry about intimidation, about the snobbishness. Yeah. Very much taking the wine, kind of turning the wine industry on his head and very much saying, you know what, we're out of the old school wine, you know, weird kind of like looking down upon people's snobbishness. And we want simple, easy to follow, understandable wine knowledge to be able to f- understand what I'm drinking to make my experience better. It's not about what you can tell other people, it's about you drinking better wine. So that is the grape unknown. Uh, the winery is called Hartlam, which is Afrikaans for dearest or my darling. Um, and Americans pronounce it Hartlam, which is fine. <laughs> and and, uh, and it's, it's, so it's, it's my first language, Afrikaans, um, which, which is where the name comes from. And um, the brewery's name is Ogopogo. Okay. And so that's, that's, that's all the names, I guess, if you want to put it like that. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I love that. I love the, your name for your winery. That's beautiful. Um, so cool. Um, and so, like, did you leave South Africa to come over here to make one? Oh, my gosh. Like, was that the point? Like, or... No. no. The point, the idea, Nicole, I left South Africa to to follow this girl, this girl. And ah. uh, and she, yeah, she's now my wife. So that turned out well. Um, but no, <laughs> I made wine all across the world. I made wine in France. I made wine in Northern California. And in this... Um, in Northern California, I lived in a small town and some of your, if, if one of your listeners know this, I, we need to send, send them a, bo- a bottle of sparkling wine. <laughs> okay. I lived in a small town called Fiddletown. Fiddletown. It's about an, oh. Fiddletown. It's about an hour from Sacramento. It's a very small population at the moment, 18. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Okay, one eight. Yeah, exactly. Back in the heyday, old gold mining town, population 80,000, doesn't matter now, right? So it's got a massive fiddle on the, on the city, on the town hall, which is basically the, the town is just one street. So it's an old western town. So I, I lived yeah. in there, one of the best times in my life to be in that very unique, special place. And then th- my wife passed through with a filming crew. She, does, she did fashion design in Ohio State. And she did costumes on this film. And so they were using the space right next to my house to film like a portion of this Western film. And so I met her making wine in Northern California. And then, you know, it went from there. That's also at that point where she, she just found out two weeks before that she got diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. Oh. And um, yeah, yeah. And so, and I, so I met her right at that moment. And so we started talking afterwards and then you started going through chemo and, you know, I also worked in Aspen for, uh, in ski, for ski seasons in Aspen as a, just a South African, just for extra money over the winter. And so she visited me there. And so then I took it to South Africa. And then we said, you know what? I wanted to go to Los Angeles in any way. You know, there's a lot of wine stuff out there. So mm. let's do it. And so we moved to Los Angeles Aww. 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. What a beautiful story. That is so amazing. 
funny. Yeah, it's it's pretty cute. I, yeah. I, I like it. I it's love like, that. It worked, it worked out for me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wine and a girl. I mean, it's great. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, awesome. So having the grape, uh, grape unknown in your winery, your wife, like how do you balance work and life? Um, and I'm actually really excited. Like I said, you're our first male guest. So oh, I'm really excited yeah. to hear like your perspective on some of these questions oh, because goodness. it's always been women. <laughs> I, oh yeah. I, I remember you saying that earlier the week. I, um, well, what now the pressure is on. Um, I have to, I have to watch I didn't my words. Like that. I promise. No. We're not a judge. <laughs> oh my <group>. goodness. <laughs> no, no, it's completely fine. I love it. Um, so I would say, in the beginning, it was very difficult, and mm-hmm. now it's become much easier. And I'll tell you, the biggest reason it's become easier is because I've gotten into the habit of meditating every single morning, mm. just being able to clear my head, put stuff in perspective. My wife, I think, meditates like three times a day because she's married to me. I only have to <laughs> meditate once a day. But, uh, you know, so that really helped me kind of just put your head into, into, into alignment of what needs to happen today because you have to handle, like I said, the winery side of things isn't that crazy? Harvest season is obviously, you, you would know, it's, it's crazy. But other than that, we travel the world. Uh, we travel a lot. And so we travel the world. I don't need to be there all the time. Um, so out of the harvest season, when, when you actually make the wine, there's not too much going on there. So that's a really good thing. I can also come and go as I like because, you know, it's, it's not like I'm really working for anybody. Right. And then on, on the Grapanoan side, it's the constant building an online business, trying to make sure that people understand what you're about and who's your audience and your deal customer and, and all that kind of stuff. And that then obviously mingle in that the fact that I'm working with my wife because she's the other half of the Grapanoan. She's She doesn't have so she is literally running this business with me from home. Our lives are very intermingled in all areas. Mm-hmm. The only time away I really have is when I go to the winery to do my wine stuff. And even in harvest season, then she's helping me because I need extra hands, right? Right. So, so I mean, I would say, you know, meditating in the morning, being able to really, we, we take time for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's a unique aspect here that I'm, you know, Okay, so this is my wife and we have a whole separate private life, but then we're also business partners. And so that brings a whole different dynamic. And, and maybe some of your listeners can relate to this. And uh, I don't know if you have a comment section in this podcast, but they need to let us know what they also find in this comment section because, you know, um, how do you actually balance that? It's taken us a very long time. And so we make sure that we go for walks every single night, like an hour, hour and a half, where we can talk about stuff. We make sure that we have, you know, watch something at night with our dinner. Um, and we really make sure that we take time for ourselves other than the business. But when we are working on the business, it's very kind of professional in mm-hmm. a sense, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. It, it does. Yeah. Um, like I said, my husband and I worked together for seven years and yeah, it's, uh, we so, have so how do you do it? Uh, we don't work together anymore. But, um, oh, see, no, there you go. Not for like, not <laughs> any bad way, but yeah, our, since yeah. our farm closed, but yeah, like we had very different styles. Um, but yeah, you're right. It takes a little while and then it also takes, yeah, pulling yourself out of just the whole business part, you know, because it's such a slippery slope of, where does it separate? You know what I mean? Um, where does it separate? When do you make time for what? But I'm interested to know from you as well. Like, I mean, you're obviously an expert at this one. We, I've been working with my wife now for two years, but you're working for, with someone for that long. Like, where do you guys draw the line? Where do you say, you know what? We've worked enough now. Let's go watch a movie. Yeah. And not be, and not be mad at each other because we disagreed on how the homepage in my website needs to look. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think like, okay, so for in the beginning for us, like it was, we were young, we didn't have kids yet. And so we didn't quite have boundaries and we just worked a lot. Um, because you know, it was a farm and you know, all, we baked bread, we did cheese. We had, you know, oh my gosh, the beer was and wine were like a few years later. Um, and then we had kids and I think like us having kids kind of, we kind of had to, like, we've got to stop, you know, like we've got to be able to like spend time as a family and like not go crazy. So that was kind of like what jerked us out of that and made it a lot, you know, better boundaries. Um, so yeah, I don't know if we would have done that otherwise. <laughs> Hopefully I would like to say that we would have. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna. I'm writing this down because I'm like, oh, we need to get a kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pick one of those up. <laughs> um, check, check box. Get a kid. Yeah. Well, and I love that you said meditation because that's something I've been trying to, like, I don't know. My mind constantly runs, and so it's really, really hard for me to even just like sit there for like a minute um, and try it. But everybody raves about you know the benefits of it, so I keep trying. But I don't know. You know, I. First of all, I think anybody in listening to this can relate. I think every everybody's mind is racing 100 miles mm-hmm. an hour. To give you an example, this morning at 3.37, I 
I'm a very good sleeper. But this morning at 3.37, I woke up. And this is very un, un, um, characteristic for me mm-hmm. and in a sense. And, I, and immediately I was thinking about, you know, the wine. And we don't ship wine to people. Our, our grape unknown isn't about shipping wine. It's about having a one like, immediate insight from a winemaker making wine, which is me teaching and going month to month, having live tastings and going through certain elements and learning about wine, right? But there's so many other wine clubs sending wine and sending wine little tubes and stuff. And you're wondering like, how is this something that you should be doing? Because that's, that's not our business model. And mm-hmm. now you're lying awake in the middle of the night, worrying about that. Hence, your mind is going a million miles an hour. And now you start worrying about other stuff. And so that happens to many people out there, I think. The sense yeah. of uh, meditation and what really helped me is it's not about trying to figure stuff out or put stuff and I'm not an expert. I, this is, you've got the wrong person if you, if you need an expert for meditation, but I have been doing it for a while now. And uh, I think it's not about, you know, figuring stuff out, and organizing your brain so much. It's just about focusing on your breathing mm. and being able to do that. Just your, 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 your chemistry of your body, just everything calms down. And a result of that is just you being able to place things better and think about it and make better decisions and understand that because how, how do you make good decisions in your business if you're, if you're flustered with anxiety right. or you're waking up at 30, 37 in the morning, every morning worrying about, well, should I do this course? Should I buy this course? Should I do this? Should I do that? You know? Mm-hmm. And um, one thing that's been really helpful for me is guided meditations. So yes, it's easy to say, oh, you have to sit every day and take 15 minutes for yourself and listen to some like, you know, tingling music or whatever. But <laughs> what, what I, what I found really helpful is I, I'm a big audiobook listener. I love audiobooks. Okay. And for free on Audible right now, you get, uh, they give you the series of just daily meditations. And I think it came out with the whole COVID-19 thing. Mm. So they give you like 30 and it's all between five minutes and 15 minutes. And it's different people guiding you. And you know, it, you, you know, it's going to be 15. They tell you what to do. They talk to you throughout. And it's just been, it's been, it's been awesome. And so I, I do that. If, I, if it's left up to myself to take my own 15 minutes a day, I would sit there and I wouldn't know what to do. And that's when people kind of start falling off the wagon. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this is working for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. But yeah, I think guided meditation, that's so much, that's such a better idea. I could do five minutes of somebody talking to me. Okay. Awesome. Audible. I'm going to check that out. Um, and I also have to say, I love what you guys are doing with, um, with Grape Unknown. Like that is such a amazing service because yeah, people are super intimidated with wine and you know, it's hard to like, know what to look for. It's hard to be able to like pick up the nuances in wine. You know what I mean? So I just love that you guys are doing that. It's very hard to pick up the nuances in wine. I mean, that's probably one of the hardest things out there. I, th- I mean, the things we hear from our students, it's, it's not just about being intimidated, even though that's a big part. It's intimidated, you're scared, you're confused. Wine doesn't have to be complicated. The wine, wine education doesn't have to be complicated. What makes wine complicated is people. Mm-hmm. And the words that people use and what people say. That doesn't mean that all wine needs to be average and taste the same and neutral. Wine itself is there, there's a lot to wine, and there's a, there's some study that goes into really understanding some study and practice that goes into understanding that. But it's 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 more people that the greatest culture and of of just of just I'm scared to learn. I, I don't feel, even feel adequate to learn because I'm scared to start out with because I will never be those people. Right. You know? I'm scared to it's, ask questions and look, scared you know. to ask questions or give you raise your opinion. And so I always say, you know, it's a it's a massive difference between what I saw, what dro- drove me to this is the difference between winemaker and the wine consumer. So I've worked all over the world in wineries. I've worked in many wineries in South Africa and I've got many winery friends. Uh, if I say wine I'm if I've got many winemaker friends and my brother's also a pretty big winemaker in New Zealand. Ooh. And um you know this culture in the wine then you would be able to speak to this yourself and I would love to know your opinion. It's just, it's so happy and yes, it's fast paced. Yes, you physically work hard and there's a lot of science and you have to be super creative and it's amazing. Uh, but any question is welcome. It doesn't, at least in my experience, it doesn't matter how big the winemaker is. They've got time to teach, you know, or maybe after the day, after, if there's not time to teach in the moment, maybe afterwards you can always ask a question because it's a learning culture. Mm-hmm. So now these people, and this is, these are the people that make wine. Now we bottle the wine, we send it to supermarkets, and now we get to the consumer level where we are drinking the wine. And suddenly along this supply chain, somehow, somewhere, there's intimidation added and, 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 and snobbishness and comfortableness. And I just don't think that's right. I don't think it should be like that. Everybody should have a safe space to be able to learn about wine um, and not to be able to be a snob or to talk about it. But like I said in, in the beginning, to just improve your own preferences, improve your, improve your, your own experience. 
Yeah. Oh my God. You like nailed it because yeah, all the winemakers I've ever met, like they've had nothing, but you know, they want to help. They have passion for sharing what they're doing, why they're doing it, how. That's it, Nicole. It's a passion. That's it. Exactly. You're on it. Yeah. So this kind of leads into like my next, like, this is my favorite question that I ask everybody just because I'm like a marketing nerd. Um, What's your favorite or most effective way to market your business? Hmm. Or businesses that yeah no so yeah i'm not yeah the, uh, let's just talk about the grape on no one no it's 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 uh it's been difficult i'm not gonna lie it's mm-hmm. so we you know we're not experts in that kind of area at well but uh, at all but over you know a course of a few years you start on you know you, you teach yourself how how these things work and whatnot so we, we've been using facebook ads a lot uh, that's mm. been working good for us however my favorite way to do this and what we're starting to put a lot of time and effort into that is showing up to to people so for example this podcast i i absolutely love connecting with people online mm-hmm. uh, through podcasts through videos and so showing up on podcasts uh we're pitching a lot of ideas for as articles for as for wine magazines and all that kind of stuff and um starting out to do that right now and so in that way we, we kind of reach people and so and they essentially would then go to your website and see what you're all about if they found you interesting or if they found that, okay, maybe this guy can teach me something. Maybe I can learn something from him. So I would say personally showing up, which is not a traditional way. I think most people would do like ads or, you know, Pinterest or whatever. Right. So that's, I, I don't know what the most, your audience or what you do, but yeah, that's what the road we follow. Yeah, no, I love that. I, it, like, I agree with you. It takes more work, but it's more authentic. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Well, well, I actually, I mean, if you think about it, Nicole, if you, it depends what your business is as well. Yeah. So if you're selling a physical product, it kind of speaks for itself. We're selling a service uh, and that's not just a service. It's a, it, we're selling an idea of, 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 you know, being able to learn about wine once a month from a person that makes wine. Mm-hmm. So if you don't trust that person or if you don't know that person, then how, you, you won't, jump on you won't join that process because you need to be able anything that you buy you need to be able to trust that this is actually going to help you or transform you in some kind of way right and so for that it's difficult with facebook ads or pinterest ads and so what we do a lot is also just live tastings so i have just uh you know a live tasting where i just have a lot of people for free and just come on in and see if you like it if it's not for you that's fine if it's for you it, you know then there's an option for you to to work with me so oh, i love that that's a great uh, idea yeah Yay. Um, I was just about to say something else, but now I can't remember. Well, it's okay. It'll come back to you. <laughs> It'll come back. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. So yeah, kind of a little bit, I don't know, not more about marketing, but like just business yeah. growth. Like, Let's dig into you, it. Yeah. What do you do to, you know, get out of your comfort zone to grow your business? And like, do you have any tips for other business owners on what they can do? Mm. Mm. Out of my comfort zone to grow my business. So we i'm collaborating now with a lot of other people to do for instance they have their own they have their own product that they have their own launch their own this or that and um you know they give me my wine tasting as a present to the people that graduate or to, to the people that sign up mm-hmm. and so in that way um, I'm completely involving myself in someone else's business. So it's not grape unknown anymore. Well, it is, but it's not on my terms. It's on somebody else's terms. Right. And so in that way, it's, it's, I'm putting myself out there. It's, I don't find it nerve wracking at all. I love being on air and, and podcasts and, and, you know, videos and stuff like that. So, um, but that's definitely a sense of, yeah, you're not in your own little household anymore. You're going to someone else's house and have to show up for them and their audience. So it adds a different layer of, of responsibility which, which you need to understand well to be able to make a success out of it, not just for you, but also for them. Because um, you always want to try and serve, you know, the people that you come in contact with. You can't just serve yourself because it's never, never going to, it's not going to work out well. Um, and yeah. as far as, as, far as, as uh, you know, tips, I would just say, like my oldest brother is also is very business savvy. And he just, you know, if you, if you want, if you want to get the, he always said, if you want to get the present or something, if you want to get the present, you're going to have to show up to the party. And uh, if you just have to show up, you have to be there and put yourself out there. So I remember in the beginning when we had to start doing online tastings, I was, I was terrified. Yeah. But this is so many years ago, you know, uh, especially in the wine world, like what, what the scariest part for me was rather is exactly what I'm fighting, feeling I'm fighting right now, that I was put on this earth to kind of change in a, in a weird way, is this snobbishness. If I go out there and I'm live and I'm saying, you know what, I... I know something about wine. I know stuff about wine. 
I'm not an, I am, I am a wine winemaker. Do I know everything? No, but I can definitely learn with you. Okay. So I'm not going out there saying I know everything, but then you get the people that say, yeah, you know what? You said Sauvignon Blanc with a K at the end. <laughs> Actually, you pronounce it Sauvignon Blanc. Well, you, maybe for you, maybe the French pronounce it Sauvignon Blanc, but the, the, how I was you know, brought up, what mm-hmm. I learned in university for five years, my brother, which is a you know, Michelangelo winemaker, he pronounces it Sauvignon Blanc as well. People, it's just different cultures. And so people can't see past that. So that kind of like backlash is, is what I'm scared of, or was mm-hmm. rather, until you become comfortable and like, no, I know, what I'm, I know what I'm talking about. I know I know my stuff. And I'm sure in your business with your listeners listening right now, everybody has their aspect. You might be a pro in Facebook ads or you might be a pro in Pinterest ads, but are you the best at it? Probably not. You know, so, so, so coming, uh, coming over that little hump of, no, you don't have to be the best at, at it to teach people. Right. You just have to be able to have somebody relate to who you are as a person and someone needs to enjoy uh, you teaching them to be able to say, you know, I'm, 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 I, I want to be part of this journey. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. We all have, you know, we're always constantly learning, you know, but we can help the people that don't know as much as we do. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's yeah. exactly the same thing with wine as well. Like, I, that's the first thing, thing I tell people is say, Hey, listen, I'm a winemaker. I know a lot and I, and I, and I, I know, I know my, my wine is up to par very well, but I learn, I, I love learning. So when I, we travel, um, the world a lot, like I said, and we, we film a show called The Grape Escape. And so we basically go to off the beaten path wineries and we film them and just say, like, wine, like we said in the beginning, wine doesn't just come from Napa and Bordeaux. It comes from New Mexico and mm-hmm. from Belize, the only winery in Belize. And it's all over the place. We filmed in Arizona and, and all such things. Um, How fun. You guys yeah, have to come up to my area because we have a bunch up here, but they're not like huge, well-known. You know what I mean? But, but, but it doesn't need to be well-known. That's the right. whole point. Like, you know, it's that whole thing of like, oh, I drink uh, Bordeaux. <laughs> okay, yeah, great. But have you tried the new Mexican Griette uh, Brut Rosé? It's pretty damn amazing. I'll tell yeah. you that much, you know? So. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so just for my own knowledge too. So like if somebody wanted to work with you, like what do you, what do you provide? Is, is it monthly? Just like once a month y'all meet and you kind of educate them on like what, you know, what to look for, you know, the history of it. Like how does all that work? So in case anybody wants to, you know, yeah. sign up and stuff too, because I am like so interested. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, so essentially we just changed the model a little bit. So in the beginning, and, and, and this is once again, as far as business, trying to figure out who is the actual ideal customer that not that not wants this, but needs this. Right. Uh, and everybody's business is the same thing. If you don't have that clear picture exactly, and I mean exactly who that is, it's going to be very difficult for you to make a success because you're going to reach people that don't want or need your, your product. Yeah. And so even... Two days ago, Nicole, we shifted our entire company because we said, and I'm being very open and honest about what we're doing right now, because the idea here, once again, is to learn and for your listeners to learn as well. Yeah. And, and, and we, we shifted gears from going from, we did these wine tastings. Uh, we had a wine course called One Week Into Wine Wisdom, and it's still available. Uh, and that was what we came out with. And we, but, you know, it's, it's, we, we realized that people loved the, because when you buy a course, you get 12 months of live tastings with it. One, one a month. Mm-hmm. And we realized people love that. So we changed, shifted our focus to rather starting this, this online kind of wine tasting club where we teach people because we reach more people. People, people learn better in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we've been doing tastings and we'll cover, you know, the difference between expensive and, you know, uh, cheap wine or like cold weather wine versus warm weather wine or, you know, a Bordeaux blend. What is it? And kind of that kind of stuff. We'll, this coming upcoming tasting, we're doing natural wine. What is natural wine? Like, what is it? Uh, and then two days ago, we, we, we were diffi- we're finding it difficult to kind of define our audience still after two years mm-hmm. and just this tremendous path that you're on trying to figure this out. And we realized that there needs to be a, uh, in place, there needs to be a transition for everybody. It doesn't matter what your business is. There needs to be a transition. You need to turn into something to make a success of that person. Mm-hmm. And even though people enjoy learning about wine and it's amazing to shop once a month, we realize we need to start breaking down this wine almost, almost like a like a chapter in a book. So going forward, we will be able to, you know, you sign up for the club, you join the club, you are part of our private group. So you get a private call with me to kind of see where you are in your in your in your club in the in your wine life. Um, so I can see how I can serve you best. 
And then you ha- you're part of a, the group where you have trivia every month and we have a, a Q&A where people can ask me any questions and I, and I respond live with videos. Mm. Um, we share wine suggestions, we, any wine questions, so you have direct line to a, like a winemaker. And then the main thing is obviously our monthly wine tasting. So the first month or one month, we'll talk about tenants. So we'll just talk about tenants for that hour as a group. It's very interactive. It's not just about me talking because you want to understand where they are. And then you kind of just dissect it. So what is this thing called tenants? And, and, and um, I might ask you or anybody else sitting out there saying, yeah, I know tenants, but I mean, I do a lot of these tastings. And if you just start digging a little bit below the surface level, because everybody knows the surface level stuff. Mm-hmm. Why is there tenants? How does it show up? How, does, like, how can you improve that essence to be able to buy better wine? Then people start to learn. And so then the next week, or the next month, we'll do a different topic, residual sugar or acidity or, you know, um, and we just kind of tackle one element at a time. So at the end, you kind of got tenants, you got it down. And then you kind of implement that in that month as you're drinking wine. I love that. That's amazing. Um, and I've honestly never heard of anything like that. Um, and I totally agree with you too. Um, yeah, people buy the transformation. They don't necessarily buy the service or the product. They're they're wanting to buy that transformation. Like they, they're in one spot and they want to be in another one. And if you can visualize and like help them visualize when they get to that transformation, that's when things start to change. I'm writing this down. This is great. Exactly. Okay. That, that, this is exactly, I mean, like, and they, and they will, and usually people will show up for the transformation, um, but they will find a home. They would find yeah. a home for themselves. And, and like, like our transformation can be and people can come and go as they want. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I just want people that's open-minded and want to learn about wine. If there's anybody that's a snob, if, if anybody makes anybody feel uncomfortable because you know, interrupting or, or, or talking down to anybody. They're just not going to be a part of my group. It's just that strict. I just, I don't care. Right. I just have taken on that mentality. Even though they want to learn about wine, it doesn't matter to me because you have to be nice. You have to be able to understand that we're all in this together. Yeah. Even me. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's like there needs to be transition. And our transition is like, you know, it can be however many topics. So let's say I have 15 topics. Our transition is 15 months. Of that, but you can leave after two if you don't, you know. Right. So, but it, it's 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 up to them, and but people will stay because they would be like, you know, I love this vibe, and kind of also taking this vibe out there for in their world, and the then that's a big idea. That's the end goal here is for when they're not online with me, when they're not talking to me, when they eventually teach someone else out mm-hmm. there in New Mexico, in Arizona, in Long Island, wherever they are, that they or in Canada, they get to treat people and approach this topic of wine and teach people in a way where those people also feel comfortable. And as a collective, we all start building this break, kind of, or rather break down the snobbish wine culture, culture and kind of build this you know, inclusive wine culture instead of an exclusive wine culture. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Cause I mean, you know, wine is meant to be enjoyed and you know, just a, it's a fun thing and you know, family and food and like, it's all the positives, you know what I mean? Like, it, it is all the positives, but then why do people go to a wine store and then start feeling anxiety when they right. see a million labels? You're right. Why, um, why do we buy wine labels by the prettiest label? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because I've done it as well. Like I, they said, label just so pretty. Oh, I don't care. I buy the wine because I want to, you know, I just love it. It reminds me of something. Who cares? But that's not, I'm not buying it for the wine itself. I'm buying, right. it, I'm buying it for the label. Why then if wine is supposed to be enjoyed, do we get to a place where you start you're so uncomfortable that you start making maybe fun or you start becoming mean because you don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. You kind of just, you just follow the narrative and we kind of have to kind of, especially in lately as we see what's going on in the world, we kind of have to go against just the narrative and like there's, there's, there's two sides to a story. Right. Yes, totally. Yeah. You made me start laughing with the labels because I buy this one can of champagne and it's because it has a unicorn on it. <laughs> hey, who doesn't love their unicorns, right? I'm like, oh, this is so fun. I mean, really? <laughs> That, okay. That awesome. Um, awesome. We're down to your last little part. Uh, your favorites. Oh, so what, over already. I know. I know. It oh. is gone. It's flown by. Um, what is your favorite book? My favorite book. Any book. Any book. Yep. Beneath a scarlet sky. Mm. I hope I said that right. Beneath a scarlet sky. I'm very much into Second World War stories and and that kind of essence. Um, and that is about a, a young Italian kid that helped Jews escape over the, it's a true story, over the, the mountain ridges and ranges into Switzerland. Oh. Um, and it's just, a, it's just an incredible story. And the guy was still alive up until a few years ago. Um, 
and uh, it's just it makes me it gives me you know goosebumps every time I listen to it. I, I listen to it a lot. So yeah, that's my favorite book. I don't know if you've ever okay, maybe your listeners know about it, and if they do, they need to let me know and let you know in the comments. But um, yeah, that's what's your favorite book? Oh God. Um... Hmm. Recently, I just read, well, actually it was in January. So I started a book club based off of all the recommendations um, of like what people tell me on this podcast. And okay. I read The Secret. Have you ever heard that one? Oh, oh huge, huge fan. Oh Love my it. God. It was like Love life it. changing. Well, of course it is. That is that. Okay. Nicole. <laughs> so about six years ago, we're in our tiny apartment downtown in Los Angeles and, and uh, not down like somewhere in Los Angeles. And we were just in a place of like moving here. I, you know, it's just so weird coming from South Africa, being it from a different place. And I'm in America now and my wife's American and it's just everything. So American, I just feel so out of place and you don't know what's going to happen. And I don't really know, you know, you still, you, you're questioning everything. Mm-hmm. And on New Year's Eve, we watched, cause you kind of, you know, I didn't know anybody. We didn't have anything to do on New Year's Eve. So we uh, decided to watch The Secret. I don't know where or what. but uh, And that was the first step to kind of just, and it all goes into meditating and just be, being a positive and kind of visualizing, visualizing what you want and like how you want it to happen. Um, and, and that changed my life completely. Just like probably anybody that, that's yeah. listened to it. Yeah, totally. Like, um, yeah, I, I was just, I was blown away. Seriously. Like I read it because somebody had recommended it and she like her story is amazing. Um, and I like read it and then I like turned around, like read it again. And I was like, Oh my God. So yeah, like, I don't know, just, I don't know. And then I guess going like similar to that, like, well, it's not similar at all, but, um, me in search for meeting by Victor Frankel. And, you know, he talks about like, you know, the only thing we have control of is our mind. And I don't know, like, that's another one that I've always like kind of referred back to as well. So those, those two, I think are probably like the two that have like, just change the way I change, think about change, change, change yeah. your life. Oh, totally. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. That that's a good one. That's yeah. awesome. People should write that. People should write this down <laughs> if they if they haven't heard of the secret for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, awesome. So, what's your favorite drink? Could be anything. Or what's uh, your brand- favorite kind of like? Actually, I'm going to change it. What's your favorite wine? Do you have a favorite? Uh, I have my go tos. I am like always teach. You know, I feel like wine is very much con- connected to a circumstance or environment yeah, or where your you mood. go, yeah. your mood, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I know my moods and I know my wines in that sense. And it's a lot to do with the body of a wine, like the weightiness in your mouth. It's a lot to do with that. So I, I think uh, I'm very, you know, I, uh, I love South Africa I and mean, I'm, you know, very biased to South Africa, <laughs> but, uh, I think a Shannon Blanc, uh, or a Sauvignon Blanc, a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc is one of my favorites. I like a lighter red Pinot Noir, of mm-hmm. course, and and also tend to go towards more European style wines where, you know, old world wines where you kind of have the lower alcohol and it's a little bit more, like you said in the beginning, a little bit more nuances to where the wine is from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the over- alcohol might not be overwhelming. It might not just be very one-dimensional fruity. Not that that is always the case in other places in the world. Just, you know, you just find it better uh like uh, that type of styles of wines from Europe. And um, so, yeah, I would say uh, Cienne Blanc. And for red wine, specifically Pinotage, I love. Pinotage is a South African-specific variety. Oh, yeah, I've uh, never heard of that. Yeah, so it's, uh, that, is, that is, you know, but once again, like I said, I'm from South Africa, so don't take my word for it. <laughs> Maybe just try it and, and see. Uh, but for my, for my drink, I, I like a brandy and Coke. And, ah. I don't think, and I don't think anybody's ever heard of that before. Brandy no, and I thought co- no. brandy was by itself, typically. Uh, maybe in America, but not in South <laughs> Africa. No, it's just, it's, it's more of a, you know, I don't know. It's just a thing in South Africa. It's, huh? it's, it's, yeah, it's, you, you do like a double, sh- two shots of brandy and you just do Coca-Cola, brandy and Coke. Um, well, here it's rum and Coke. I mean, that's like what's yeah, popular, Yes, you know, but, so. but they'd say huge difference. Like that, it's not comparable. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I really enjoy that. I'm actually, have, I'm visiting a South African friend tomorrow night and, uh, we, I've got my, a little bit of brandy. We're going to have some brandy <laughs> cokes, listen to some, you know, some African music. So we, I'm, I'm looking forward. Oh, that'll be so fun. That'll be amazing. Um, what's your favorite thing to do to relax? I am a huge, huge nature fundi. Mm. So I love just being in nature. So if, 
okay, so I want everybody just to close your eyes, except if you're driving, don't close your eyes and you're listening to the podcast. But if you're, if you're at home, just close your eyes and think about this. You're sitting somewhere, not in a forest, not like a rainforest, but just on a, a bunch of an orchard or something of oak trees and there's nobody else around and the, you can literally hear the wind going through the leaves. That quietness and that that and the feel of that fresh air moving across your face and your body is is for me is this that would be my best place to relax. We also have uh, I so from South Africa. My mom and dad are veterinarians, love wildlife, um, and so my wife has got an organization called Wild Five. So what we do is we go to very small organizations, people that you've never heard of before. So for instance, one people uh, this one organization is Astop in. Costa Rica. So they are this tiny, tiny village. You can only get there by one airplane ride and two boat rides. And uh, you, you, they patrol the beaches for um, to make sure that the sea turtles, is an important nesting ground for sea turtles, are uh, not being poached. The oh. eggs are not being poached and the sea turtles are not being poached. And so we do sea turtles, we do elephants in Thailand uh, for this people uh, called Bless, where they take old elephants into this into their park. But they but as a tourist, you're not allowed to go there and wash them because a lot of people in Thailand wash the elephants. And, and I'm going to be a little bit off topic, but uh, a lot of people like to wash the elephants in Thailand and kind of have elephants paint pictures and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you still kind of use the elephant in a way to make money from tourists. But this place, you, you can walk with the elephants, but it's on the elephant's time. You don't touch the elephants. You just sit and observe them. You just enjoy them in their natural habit and they don't have to do anything for you. No elephant rides, nothing. So stuff like that. And so we, we're uh, 5% of what we raise from the grape, but no one goes to them. And my wife sells t-shirts and stuff and all the proceeds go to them through that. Um, so nature is a huge, huge part of, of for us. And so when, when we want to relax, we usually incorporate nature in a way. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I just have to say, when you were saying, close your eyes and picture the wind and everything, you should do your own guided meditations. There's, you'd be you amazing at it. There you go. Everybody can I don't listen know people, to you. I don't know if people are going to understand the accent, but we can try it. <laughs> this would be awesome. And yes, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to get the website as well. If you guys have like in a URL for that, uh, for yeah, Wild 5, I'd love yes, to include it, that in the podcast. Wild, it's, yeah, it's just Wild 5, written out, wild5.com. Well, that's easy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. What's your favorite thing to watch? Oh my goodness. We love our evening stories. Okay. My wife and I make dinner and then we every night, like clock, when you talk, how do you balance life with work? Mm-hmm. doesn't matter how the day went. Every night we sit and we watch an hour of something. So we, we work our way through series. Okay. Mm-hmm. We haven't started Game of Thrones because it's just too much to take on right now. We don't want to get lost in that world, but we are at the moment watching Money Heist. Oh. Which is which is on Netflix and it was filmed in Spain. It's Spanish, so we watched it with subtitles, but it's pretty popular. And right now, it's it's all the rage. I love oh, it. awesome! I have to check that out. I haven't I haven't done Game of Thrones either, so yeah, I Good. haven't had like time to I, invest. I'm, or I'm kind of scared to go down that path because right. I I don't want to get lost. I've got too much going on right now. I do not. I cannot get distracted <laughs> with Game of Thrones right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, what's your favorite place to go? Uh, I. It sounds like you've been so many places. So this yeah, so <laughs> I, I've got three three main places that I that I absolutely love, uh, and the two, I'll, I'll start from third. And so now I'm cheating a bit. Um, I hope uh, we've got just a, you know a few minutes, but no. Oh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, so the first place would be Italy. My wife is half mm. Italian, uh, sh- you know, so much so that we want to move to Italy. Mm. I want to move there. I th- I like the vibe. We filmed a lot of wine stuff there with the Great Escape. We've been there multiple times. Those people just got to figure out life. Yeah, they it's seem like it. I've never been, but I mean, it just—I feel like the weather is better. It's just, and I live in Los Angeles. I feel the weather is better there. The people just—they've just got it figured out. They just got, you know, it's not minimalist in a way. Family's important. Drinking, eating is important. Relaxing is important. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. Second place, I would say, is New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Same reason. I've got two brothers living there right now. I'm the youngest of, of four brothers. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and so two of them live there. The middle two, and. uh that, that what I love about that country is kind of the opposite of South Africa. In New Zealand, things just work. It just, there's no ifs or buts about it. That country just runs like a smooth, like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. And I just love the fact you get there and things are just figured out. People follow rules. You do what you have to do. There's, you know, whatever. And I don't know all the details of the country, but in the people themselves, their whole motto is, you know, it's, it's, don't worry about it. It's the, we, have, we have enough stuff to worry about. We're not going to worry about that as well. You know what I mean? And I love that. I love that you don't have to worry about everything. 
That's it's just like a, it's refreshing. like a culture thing. It's yeah. a culture thing, you know, and being in their environment, being in, it's not like they just saying it to you. It's just how they live life. Being in that environment is amazing. So every year we go to New Zealand, usually for a month or a month and a half to visit my brothers to kind of just be in this environment because we love it. We want to do that. And then my, obviously my, my favorite place is South Africa where I'm from. Mm. My mom's house outside of one of the small town where I grew up, it's just, you know, it's just, it's where I grew up and I just, we usually are there two months out of the year as well. So. Yeah. And South Africa looks amazing. I've seen pictures. Like it, it looks breathtaking. Oh my gosh. You need to go beyond the pictures, Nicole. Okay. <laughs> you need to, you need to, you need to get on a flight, the plane, you need to get, book your seat, you need to get there. Okay. There's yes. a lot to see, a lot, yes. lot of things to do. Yeah, I know. Sure. I know. I'm like super wine. inspired now, like to go travel all these places. Well, when we can, you know, but. Absolutely. Um, yeah, oh. that's true. Awesome. Um, okay. I have one more question. It's actually not on the list. I thought of it. Yeah. So, if, I mean, I think like, I don't think it'll be a problem, but. Wait, there's like, a list. Oh, well, just the sheet that I sent you. <laughs> um, like, okay. So what would your number one tip like for beginners just getting into wine? Like what would your number one tip be for them? Like what's like something they could do today that they, you know, would help or to get them started or something like that. Um, I think there's two parts to that. I think my number one tip for them would be to first just kind of decide, sit and take a moment for yourself and just break it down. Everybody loves wine. Everybody wants to learn about wine. I can ask anybody this, do you want to learn more about wine? And then 99% of the time it would be like, yeah, I want to learn more. Mm -hmm. But do you really want to learn more? Do you want to understand wine? So there's there's a lot of layers that needs to be broken down there. To what degree do you want to enjoy wine? Are you drinking wine at home in your underwear watching money heist you know (laughs) and you're just enjoying yourself and you like the taste of wine and that's enough for you then stop there that's and that's there's nothing wrong with that there's nobody can tell you that that's wrong there's a beverage you like it you drink it end of story maybe you find wine interesting right and you kind of know it and you're kind of scared you find it interesting or maybe you're interested in it so there's a difference between finding something interesting and being interested in something Right. right so if you're interested in something you kind of are going to start going out and Read a book, listen to a podcast, or do you want to learn? Figure that out first. Where mm-hmm. are you on that scale? Uh, we're cre- we don't have the quiz ready yet, but we're literally creating a very detailed quiz to help people figure that out, to answer questions, and it shows them where you're on the scale. Um, and people will be able to find it uh, on our website soon. Awesome. And, um, and so it kind of helps me out. Where are you on that scale? So once you figure, figure that out, I would say find a place once again, it depends where you are. So if you just love to drink wine, then you don't need to do anything else. If you find wine, you know, if you're someone that's scared or intimidated, you know, maybe start looking, reading a book or uh, listening to a podcast or, you know, visit us at Grape Unknown. Like if you are interested in wine, if you want to learn, you know, start finding that avenues where you find it comfortable, maybe join a wine club. But, and that's just kind of off the cuff ways to do it. What I would suggest though, is to, Start by just drinking wine. And when you drink wine, start noticing, regardless if you know what you know about wine, what do you like, what don't you like? And if you start mm-hmm. understanding that, you might not be able to put it into words, but understanding that once you get to a place where you, someone is teaching you, or if we go to a wine tasting, or if, or if you go to a winery and you have a, you know, at the, you're at the tasting room, people might be able to help you. You might be like, I've got this bitter side cheek, like rawness, like something's going up there. It's like, oh, you know what? That's the, that's the tannins. That's the mm-hmm. tannins in your mouth. Oh, that's tannins. Yep, that's tannins. Oh, you know what? I like tannins. Okay, cool. So n- now you start understanding why you like that feeling in your mouth. Oh, it's because of this. Well, how can you get more of that? Well, buy this, this, and this wine. You know? Yeah. Makes sense. I love that. No, that makes perfect sense. Thank you. Um, and yeah, so speaking of that, where can everybody find you online? Like, so they can get this quiz soon and just learn more, like start their yeah, journey. Yeah, so they can just simply go to grapeunknown.com. There's no this, just www.grapeunknown.com. And, you know, there will always, well, I don't want to say always, but so far we always uh, be a free tasting they can join to just kind of meet me live and drink wine with me to see if they want to join the club or just mm-hmm. to do a free tasting, who cares if they want to join the club or not, you know, it's up to them. It's, it's, it's their journey. It's not mine. So uh, I just love interacting with people and helping people wherever I can in that sense. So go to grapeunknown.com. You can either sign up for a uh, pre-recorded video. So you can kind of watch it on your own or you can sign up live with me. Mm-hmm. I think I do tastings uh, every Saturday to do okay. with people. Awesome. And social media? Grape on no one as well. So okay. we're yeah, grape on no one on Instagram, 
we've got a great point on Facebook group. Uh, the the Twitter is is we're pretty big. We're about sixty plus thousand people on Twitter, but we have uh, it's Grape Escape TV. It's all my kind of my old Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, so Grape Escape TV is the show that we did. But other than that, it's all it's all Grape Unknown, and people can find us there. Okay, awesome. And yeah, like I'm, I'm serious. You need to come up to Oregon, do a Grape Escape. We've got. Pinot Noir up here that's fantastic. We've got trails that we can get outdoors. I'm going to tell you right now, I've I've this one guy that reached. We've been busy with this now. I'm not kidding you because I've stopped doing the Grape Escape because obviously our journey changed and stuff. So I've got literally like 30 episodes from Belize, um, Germany, from uh, uh, Thailand, from from Italy, from from Greece, from London, from England, um, all unedited. So we we were like way backed up with episodes. And... um, there's one guy that runs a winery or a few wineries in Oregon in the Willamette Valley. We've been in contact now for five years. And in the January of every single year, he emails me. He's like, listen, just checking in if you can come this year. You know, <laughs> if you want to, we make the best Pinot Noir in this area. I promise you, you know, cold weather Pinot Noir. And he's like, if we actually make this happen, this is going to be a proof of the longstanding relationship of just like following up with somebody. Right. Um, so, it, and that's another takeaway for business, like following up with somebody and yeah. until someone says yes in, 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 in some kind of way. But yeah, so there is actual plans to to make it up there. Awesome. And yeah, and it's about building relationships too. You know, like you guys exactly. have a relationship and that's, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So I'm like two hours from the Willamette Valley on the other oh. side of the mountain. Well, um, I promise you, if I make it up there, I'm going to have to come see you okay. and we'll, 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 we'll hang out and we'll drink some wine. Deal. Um, yeah, and maybe you'll be on my podcast while we do that. How's that? Yes. Oh, that'd be so fun. That'd be awesome. 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 <laughs> well, this has been such a fun conversation. Um, I'm so glad we connected. And yeah, like it was just, I've been smiling and laughing the whole time. Like it's just been so much fun. And thanks for sharing your knowledge and taking your time. So thanks. It, it's been amazing. I, I, I absolutely love the fact that I'm sitting here sipping the champagne, uh, not some champ- sparkling wine. People don't get that wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, I'm, I've, I've been through half the bottle now. So it's, it's, um, you can probably tell, but no, it's, it's been amazing receiving this and, and, and talking and just enjoying this. It's, it sounds like you've got a, a fabulous and a lovely group and um, good luck with everything. Thank you. Yeah, you too. And um, yeah, put all this in the podcast notes and yeah, we'll have to keep in touch. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, Nicole. Bye everyone. Have a good day.